From west to east and kingdom to kingdom, you're listening to the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. Connecting with Walt is brought to you by Dreams Unlimited Travel, experts at helping you plan the perfect Disney vacation. Visit them on the web at dreamsunlimitedtravel.com. Hey there, hi there, ho there, and welcome to episode 208 of the Diz Unplugged Connecting with Walt podcast. I am your host and Diz historian, Michael Bowling, and I am joined by my co-host, executive producer, and good friend, Craig Williams. Craig, how are you today? I'm doing great. How are you, Michael? I'm doing well, thank you. Way back in the day, back Craig, you probably remember back to November of 2021. You're old enough to remember those days. Uh, <laughs> old enough? Whether or not my memory is good enough, that is I what know. we will find out. <laughs> that is my problem, believe me. <laughs> um, way back, really it started on Friday, November 19th, all the way to Sunday, November 21st of 2021, was D23's Destination D, which I guess has been rebranded to Destination D23. Yeah. Because I went back in my notes, and I never, ever wrote Destination D23. So No. Um, <laughs> no, it was, I don't even remember. Like, it had to be about a week or so before when uh, I remember even seeing it being written out as Destination D23. But I also, I guess it probably would have been pl- printed on the lanyards and stuff. So maybe it was just my ignorance that I didn't notice, but uh, it's it was very difficult changing uh, the way I was speaking about it all, making sure that I was trying to say destination D23 because no, I didn't bother. Yeah, you know, <laughs> I was there, uh, even though I did have a ticket that I paid for. So I'm not going to hold back any of my thoughts or opinions mm-hmm. on this. I right. also my, was part was... of the invited media. So I had to uh, I had to make sure that my terminology was on point. Uh I didn't have to worry about it because I paid for my ticket. <laughs> so anyway, I I was not part of the what did they what did they used to call the media? The what class or the there used to be an old term for it back when I was a boy. They called it something. I don't know. It it it, it has not risen to that lofty term in recent years. But I I don't, I mean, look at me. I'm the one who's doing it. There is nothing special about it, except, (laughs) uh, you know, sometimes you don't have to pay for stuff and you get to see it early. But for me, not, I, this destination D23 is the one event that I will always, I, 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 I get now that they're doing like the first event being the news panel and stuff that they'll probably always invite us as local media to come out and report on the news, uh, the announcements. And, you know, that's even if there is big announcements with it, which in my opinion this time around, uh, there wasn't really anything massive. Uh, but, and we'll get to that, but, uh, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I do still enjoy the event that, I don't want to take a chance that they don't invite us because they invited us like me in particular. They invited me three weeks out before the event. And as we know, tickets sold out in 
minutes. So they did. I will always buy a ticket just in case there isn't that that guarantee with it. And um, it's just I, I I do I I like the history stuff. Sometimes it goes over my head, but and not over my head in terms of I don't understand it. But some some of it is just stuff that doesn't interest me. Like um, uh, I, some of the merchandise stuff just doesn't really capture my attention in particular as one well subject. there there was a big chunk of this uh, destination d23 that didn't capture your attention then uh, little, little <laughs> bits and pieces but i again i'm not going to get into all of that but yeah it's uh i it, all needless to say i i am not going to hold back from my opinions on this event at all during mm-hmm. any point of it it was it was definitely the weakest one that I've attended, but I agree. It's it sold out, and, and I think for folks that felt bad, um, if you had to miss one, this probably was the one to miss. Yeah. And we're we're going to bring up the data on it. I know that some portions of it were streamed, all of and, it, except for the nighttime events. So oh, okay, all Kanto, of it was streamed. Okay, yeah, except for Encanto and. Um, Encanto and then the season streamings party, obviously, which wasn't like a big event. Uh, the rest of the rest of it was streamed. And when I asked, uh, the head of D23, Michael Vargo, why they decided to do that. And they ultimately felt that there's a certain, there's a certain energy that comes to being in the actual room that, is not something that really you can feel that resonates over a live stream. So in their opinion, by doing the live stream, they weren't undervaluing or devaluing the actual price that people paid to be there for it because, you know, you're, you're in the room, you're watching it, you're watching it happen. You're feeling the excitement from people around you when there is excitement and, and such. So, uh, that's why they went ahead and just, live streamed everything which hmm. you know i i i i was there so i can't tell you what the experience was like watching the live stream from at home but i know there was at least like a couple moments like there was a big celebrity that we got to see the biggest celebrity in general that we got to see there and i'm sure everyone only saw him from the uh the waist up but we got to see we got to see what was behind the scenes on that hmm. but I, I think I know some folks who watched it streaming told me that there were portions cut out. And I don't know if that was by design or if that was due to it um you know, there were streaming issues. I would say that was probably due to uh portions that they didn't want people recording. Or taking, uh, you know, even screenshots of and such. So, mm-hmm. because sometimes, you know, there are, like, there are rare things that even, uh, even being there as invited media, like, we were allowed to take all the photo and videos that we wanted for the most part, but there was like one panel that they said, no, nothing. Don't, don't take photos. Don't even think about videos. Just, you know, this is one that you enjoy. So maybe like, maybe that panel, something that they cut out of it because you know they want to protect the information in mm, it but okay. um yeah i i well you know we were there we were there michael yeah, yeah we were and we'll talk about it this event 
although began in controversy. And that was, of course, that Bob Chapik suddenly, he looked at his calendar. And even though Destination D23 probably had been on it for quite a few months, he saw that he had a conflict. And suddenly, gosh, you know, as his, he said, you know, when you're in my position, you get pulled in all kinds of different directions. And rather than going to the biggest Disney fan event of the year, I'm going to go. And the rumor is that the big event that he had to attend to was um, dinner at Bob Iger's house. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's what, what the scuttlebutt was. Um, so, so what, what do you think? Do, do you think that something super duper important came up or did he fear as the interwebs were saying that he was afraid of getting booed? I honestly believe that he did go to a dinner. You know, I, I don't think there's any doubt on, on that, that there was, he was probably doing something the night before destination D23. But, uh, you know, honestly, I was kind of shocked that his name was even on it to begin with, because uh, unless my memory is uh, misleading me, uh, at the 2018 Destination D, uh, you know, that was when Iger was still fully in power in his position and uh, uh, Bob Chapek was in the uh, in the position that Josh DeMauro is in and during that destination D, I believe when they did the news, it was Bob Chapek who was on stage for it. So, to for so in my opinion, with this one too, it would have made more sense for Josh to be the person mm-hmm. to do that. You know, it's not it's not on the same level as D twenty three Expo. Uh, so I I don't necessarily expect the 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 biggest person in the company to be there with it you know it's it would be nice but i i wasn't i wasn't expecting it so i was i was shocked when his name was even attached to it and then i also wasn't surprised when his name was pulled off of it so i i'm not trying to give him the benefit of the doubt or anything on this one i'm not trying to say that he was you know that there was something more important than doing the thing that you already committed to but um i i don't know at the end of the day i just don't care it's it, it if he would have gave that presentation it would have been a whole lot more boring than if josh demar <laughs> did or if he was only supposed to come out to say hi for 15 minutes at the same time too then we'd be saying literally this guy flew on a corporate jet probably all the, across the entire country just to say hi for 15 minutes and they still don't have all of the restaurants reopened in the parks. They still don't have all of the entertainment back the people. There's still cast members who aren't able to make a living, but yet he flew in a private jet to Walt Disney world to talk for 15 minutes. Like it, it, it's just messy in general. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll, I'll see him at the next D 23 expo. Let, let, let's see if he does show up for that. So just anyway. down the street, he should. <laughs> You'd hope so. Well, you never know. Maybe he's going to have a, a important dinner in Florida. <laughs> you know, <laughs> be over at Lake Nona with um, Imagineering. 
Yeah, that so. that will be it. That'll be it. I can't wait for that day. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, well, it kicked off with a video intro. There were clips uh, of building the resort. Walt's narration from the Epcot film was in there, which uh, you know, which they always try to somehow make us believe that that he was talking about Epcot, the amusement park. And then it was um, Roy's dedication speech in there, and that was very nice. And then, then out came Mickey and a ragtime piano player, Randy Morris, and he played the uh, Maple Leaf Rag, and that was first played at the Refreshment Corner on Main Street, USA, on October 1st, 1971, Walt Disney World, and he was the one who played it. And 50 years later, he reprised it at the very same spot. So I thought that was very cool. So. Yeah, it was, a, it was a touching thing. And I know that was, uh, you know, on October 1st that day, I I was standing close to Casey's when he came out and, and played it. But I didn't realize what was going on. I didn't know because I couldn't see because there was at least three or four people deep all the way around Casey's when he was performing. Uh, so uh, it was it was it was nice that, uh, you know, at least someone had the idea of saying, wow, that was really popular with fans when it happened on October 1st. Let's let's use that to kick off kick off the entire show. And uh, it, it was it was the first portion of that very interesting. Uh, I guess it was kind of a montage of entertainment. <laughs> After that, yeah, because as he played, they did a pictorial um, tour of the resort from the beginning, and then for the Epcot portion, Donald and then the mariachi band mm-hmm. that plays in the Mexico at the Mexico Pavilion came out. And they played music from Coco, and for Disney Hollywood Studios, Goofy, Minnie, and some dancers singing "Nobody Can Stop Us Now" from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway came out. And then for Animal Kingdom, um, uh, Chip and Dale came out and a song, Amakuna Matata, was played. So that was that was very cute. Yeah. And then they said, for 50 years, Walt Disney World has been a place of pure magic, and it all started with a wish. And then Stitch, Daisy, and Pluto came out. And with um, when you wish upon a star with current photos and uh, and also ones of some upcoming attractions, art of upcoming attractions as well. And of course, they said they they could not have done it without Mickey Mouse, because, you know, it all started with a mouse, as Walt said. Then Michael Vargo, the head of D23, came out and he did his opening speech, welcoming everyone in person and to the live streamers. And he mentioned, and we had, we didn't talk about this and we, we talked about Encanto and, um, Drawn the Life in a, you know, back in 2021. What we didn't talk about was that he made the announcement that we will see the first two episodes of Hawkeye this evening. Did you Were you there to watch the Hawkeye episodes, those first two? Uh, I did not watch them there because uh, Kylie would have murdered me if I would have watched <laughs> it without her. Uh, so mm-hmm. that, while I did go and see Encanto, I, I, she was a little bit weirder about going back into theaters uh, still. Like, it has to be something... 
It has to be something massive that she'll go in for. And, and Kanto, it wasn't quite that, but something like Hawkeye that, you know, we've watched every Marvel and Star Wars show at home on Disney Plus. I, I couldn't, I couldn't watch them there that night. But of course, it's, uh, you know, it's out now. So we, we have watched it since then. So, uh, it's, it's a good show. <laughs> yeah. I, I wasn't as impressed with the first two episodes and I'm not caught up. Yeah, because I, uh, as of this recording, when we're recording this, I'm not caught up with this series, but yeah, um, I'm, but I do plan to get caught up. Yeah, I'm I'm close to it. I believe uh, I'm I'm about to be two episodes behind, but I'm 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 close enough. I'm keeping up with it. So, okay. uh, the, the one thing I will point out that uh, Michael Varco kept saying uh, multiple times, which I want to I want to give us a slight pat on the back with it, and that is the Diz and Give Kids the World, and that. Uh, they tried to make it a point of saying that it was the first, uh, the first convention event to happen back at, uh, back at any Disney property or anything in terms of, uh, you know, fan convention like that. And be like, yeah, well, it actually wasn't because really the, the Give Kids the World Dis Fam reunion, even though it's unofficial, that was that was kind of the first of its, the first kind of fan convention like that that took place on Disney property since the mm-hmm. pandemic. Not not Destination D twenty three. So you were close, but we beat you to it by a couple months. That's true. That's very true. So he also said that the twenty twenty two D twenty three gold member gift will be themed to parks around the world. So so we'll see what that looks like. So and then he then they did announce because this is all the news stuff, as you mentioned. They they did announce that the D twenty three trip to Marceline, Missouri, would be taking place again in twenty twenty two. D twenty three nights um, would be there with uh, also the tours of Lion King and Frozen. The Broadway tours would start up again, and D twenty three Walt Disney Studio tours in Burbank would start. Um, they'd re they'd recommence film screenings, um, the mixers, of course, D23 Expo 2022 tickets go on sale January 20th, 2022. And he said that that will include a, um, there will also be a, a tribute to Dave Smith. So, and then he said the D23 Expo will be the kickoff for the 100th celebration of the company. And the archives exhibit will honor the hundred years of the company and it will launch a traveling exhibition called a hundred years of wonder. And we um, got a poster of the celebration. That was one of the few giveaways we got. There weren't a lot of giveaways this time yeah. of tchotchke stuff. No. And I am sure we'll get to the, the one other item. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there was a, uh, and as we go through, there was some bigger things given away to a very small amount of individuals. But mm-hmm. uh, the poster, the poster was one of them. And, you know, it's it, it was kind of it was all a part of the reveal of we were going to be the first people to see the hundred year logo for for the Disney company. And I mean, it was kind of weird because as they were playing the logo reveal, it was like a video animation and first it was like the hundred and there was a colorized version of Mickey and Minnie on it. And then a black and white version of Mickey and Minnie in it. They kind of like went from color to black and white. 
and then they disappeared and it was just like the most nondescript 100. And so at least I'm sitting in the room saying, well, which one is the logo? <laughs> what, which, which one of the three is it? And then the poster they gave us, it had the black and white, uh, Mickey and Minnie inside the two zeros of the 100. So I, I guess that's the official one they're going with. Um, I guess. I, yeah. I, deep down, I thought maybe, maybe they were waiting to see our reaction as like what we would applaud to. And that's the poster they would have handed us on the way out and say, <laughs> that's, that's what we're going with. But, uh, it's, yeah, it's, uh, it's very much, it reminds me of being at Hollywood Studios when they revealed the logo for that park after changing it. It's very underwhelming. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, well, they have time to tweak it. Yeah. Uh, then Josh tomorrow of Disney Parks Experiences and Products came out and he said, everything we do is for you. Which there was probably a feeling of irony that rolled through everybody that heard that uh, with all of the uh, wonderful changes that they've made in terms of how we're paying for everything now. So paying more for less is sort of the feel uh, amongst a lot of Disney fans. Mm -hmm. And then, um, and then there was uh, connections. They said, look at the future of Disney parks and experiences, because that's sort of their theme. Disney is all about connections. So Disneyland Paris started out there. The 30th anniversary is in 2022. So starting on March 6th, they showed the decorations. Of course, Mickey and Minnie have to get a new outfit for that. There's a new castle show, a parade. Uh, Illuminations for them is returning. And at the Disneyland Paris um, Park, I think the Avengers Campus is going to be opening in um, 2022. And I think um, they've also finally finished refurbishing the castle in it for that. And the castle looks beautiful. Yeah, I've had too. a couple friends travel to uh, Paris and uh, and see the, the castle as well as like the new Christmas parade they have. And apparently Paris is just killing it right now. And I, I really hope that I, you know, I still haven't seen Avengers Campus in in Disneyland. So I'm really excited to get over there and, uh, hopefully see, well, first see the version at Disney California Adventure, but then see the, the next one in Disney's, uh, the Walt Disney Studios, uh, because A, that park needs something very badly. And then also, you know, I, I want to know how they're telling the story because it truly is supposed to be you know, different, different campuses, all the different campuses around the world are going to connect while being unique to themselves. Mm -hmm. So, uh, it's Disneyland Paris. There's, it's, it's all brewing in a good way out there. Yeah. Yeah. It's looking forward to the day I go back. Oh, I have a funny story about Avengers campus out here. I was at Disneyland for, you know, um, for the first weekend in December, it's traditional time to go. And I went into Avengers Campus, and I, I'm not going to comment on it in because I didn't get to fully experience it. I basically just went on Web Slingers, and I did see, I don't know, it was some sort of fight with Black between Black Widow and some others, and they were trying to get yeah. something off the Quinjet. I didn't quite understand what was going on. And I wanted to see the Doctor Strange show and Spider-Man, but... 
they didn't happen, or at least not when I was roaming around. But I went on Web Slingers, and because I was solo, they put me in a car, a vehicle with someone else. And it was fun. It turned out I was the highest score. Mm. Significantly, I was the highest score. I have no idea how I did it. Congrats. Because I'm <laughs> terrible on Toy Story Midway Mania and um, even worse on Buzz Lightyear. But so then we started, the, and then they, they were trying to figure out who was the highest score, and they figured out it was me. And, we, and I started, and they asked, how did you do that? And I said, I don't know. And then they said, are you on a podcast? <laughs> I said, yes. And they said, oh, we listened to you on Connecting with Walt and, and all that. And they turned out to just to be the nicest people. That's and great. I met, I met several people. After, maybe at the end of the show, I'll talk about my time at Disneyland for oh, Christmas. Nice. But um met, met a number of, of listeners, and then I think some new listeners as well. And... um but I just thought that was hilarious that that I was lucky enough to be put in a vehicle with people that know us, listen to the show. That's so fantastic. That yeah, yeah. Okay, then they went on to Hong Kong Disneyland, and they said that the frozen area would um, be opening with two new attractions. They didn't say what they were, although I believe one is the the one that's in um, Epcot, you know, over at Epcot. Yep. Which really surprises me that they're going with the boat and all that. Cause I thought, you know, they're not restricted by an existing show building. Yeah. So. I, I'm assuming that it will be tweaked in certain parts. I mean, and that could just be a complete guess on, on my behalf, but it's like with that attraction, they had to reuse the ride that was there and available right, for them. Right. So, so that's um, why I'm surprised it's still a boat. Yeah. But, you know, why not a, a sleigh being pulled by Sven or, or, or something? Too. Yeah. You know, so because, you know, there were so many boats in Frozen. But um, <laughs> I mean, uh, it's how the parents died. Let's just be real. <laughs> well, that's true. Yeah, that is that is a nice, charming yeah. <laughs> throwback <laughs> to the films. <laughs> All right. Tokyo Disneyland. Well, Tokyo Disney Seas, uh, they're having their 20th anniversary, and they are building um, Fantasy Springs. It's the eighth and um, l- I think the latest part of Frozen and it's the latest part of the park, it's going to be, it's going to have Frozen, Tangled, and Peter Pan, and it's going to have a new hotel. And that's going to be fascinating. I'm really excited about the Tangled area and are they going to do something different with Peter Pan, you know, in there? And what an interesting choice. I mean, complete, completely different, really, from us here now unless you would consider like you know what they did with new fantasy land considering you know they kept snow white around for a little while longer that's that's a classic but i feel like mm-hmm. that's a stretch so yeah now shanghai is celebrating its fifth anniversary and um, their their zootopia theme land is being developed and they're developing a new attraction and they showed the um yaks the yak um audio animatronic figure so it'll be interesting to see what that is yeah. going to end up being. No, that w- that looked really cool. That was a a great looking animatronic that you know, well, I doubt we'll ever see 
in the domestic parks, but it, it looked like it looked like a great animatronic. Yeah. Well, there's always that rumor they're going to build a Zootopia theme land at Animal Kingdom, so you never know. Nah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, then uh, and I don't know if I can read my writing here. Then Shelby Jiggett's Tiffany from Walt Disney um, Imagineering Entertainment came out. And she talked about Hong Kong Disneyland. They have a new nighttime entertainment spectacular. Um, Shanghai's developed Illumini, I think a night, their nighttime spectacular. And then they showed a video clip from it and it looked really good. Mm-hmm. So I thought they talked about the Disney wish that's coming out and they're going to have, now we know where, where our show from Disney California Adventure went to because they're going to be doing Aladdin, the Disney musical spectacular on the ship. And they're also going to premiere two new stage shows. And then they're going to have, um, let's see, they have Seize the Adventure, S-E-A-S, Seize the Adventure. It's going to be featuring Captain Minnie and, um, other characters as well. I wrote TB. <laughs> I thought, okay, what what characters initials are TB? I, I can't. Think. I'm guessing Tinkerbell because the logo Tinkerbell. was yeah, Minnie, Tinkerbell, and Goofy. And okay. I know, yeah, Minnie and Goofy play. A that's part that's in right. It. They they help Goofy on a journey, mm-hmm. and that's going to be first day on the Wish. And then the second night, the show is an adaptation of The Little Mermaid, Journey of a Woman Finding Her Voice. It's a new score and arrangements, and apparently it's it's a new story. It's a new take on the story. Yeah, and, the, and it's we kind of got a taste of that. We did. How did that taste sit with you? <laughs> I was hoping you would say something because, like, um, uh, I'll be honest. Uh, we we heard a a version of "Poor Unfortunate Souls," which sounded very much like a jazz lounge mm-hmm. singer, uh, in uh, like almost something you would expect to hear more out of something based on Princess and the Frog in a way. Um, I, I did not care for it the performer was absolutely incredible but i was like this she style, was spectacular yeah the style just did not fit and i mean at least with that one broken down segment so if the entire show matches that that mood and atmosphere then it really will be a little mermaid we have not seen before uh but with the music that we we know and love and and obviously some some new arrangements and such but uh just taking this one piece out on its own and putting it there it it was not my favorite (laughs) yeah no but boy if she did because i i have some notations about that and i know um that it was a jazzy version of poor unfortunate souls but if she did a show in one of the lounges, you know, a jazz show, boy, oh boy, I'd wait in line for that mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. she was excellent. So they said they're now outfitting a, a sh- the ship. And this was the first of the big giveaways. And they gave away a three-night cruise. And what they did was they, um, you know, when you walk in, you know, you get your pass scanned. When you walk in, your your credential. And then they just somehow, from all those scanned credentials, they chose, I don't know, I forget how many. They chose, what, two or three? 
And they had them in envelopes, like the Academy Awards or the Golden Globes or something, and they opened them and called out the names. Yeah. And sometimes people were there and sometimes they were not. So. Yeah. Well, it, I mean, I'll just I'll spoil this, too. Even though, like, the people that were there, there was I didn't see a single person that won any prize that reacted, like, with any excitement, like they should for winning something for free. Uh, it just, each time it happened, like, it, like literally, should have should they have just done who can scream the loudest and give stuff away that way? Because then you might have got some excitement. But people were just like, oh, oh yay, thank you. Yeah, great, I won. <laughs> yeah, there was a there was sort of an enthusiastic couple, a couple rows ahead of us that won something. I don't remember what it was. I think it was a resort stay. Not sure. And they seemed excited, but I was sort of in the back, so their excitement might not have carried forward hmm. to where you were. Yeah, so. I guess not. Now, the and then Disneyland Resort. Now, this was announced at IAPA, all the Disneyland news. So it wasn't news, but they announced the new Toontown Park that's going in as you enter. It's going to be on the left where there's an existing Toontown Park. And then I think there's like a little, there's another little thing next to it that I don't think is used anymore because I went and checked it out when I was at Disneyland. And I, that's probably going to. And that, that'll make a fairly, that'll be a fairly significant area there. But it looked like they're taking out fountains and stuff as well, like both of the fountains. And it's just bad because I like the Mickey one because it had, um, little instruments in the ground around it. You could step on those and it made noises. Well, but that's, that's part of the, the new one is that, uh, they're, is going to be a, maybe an updated uh, fountain that will also have the interactive elements to it. I hope and, it does. Yeah, it's they they said it it will because it was we were on a on an off the rails episode we did with Disneyland updates. We read the full press release for it, and it was ridiculous the types of of ways they were trying to describe this area. Like they they. It, uh, it's, it sounds like I'm beating a dead horse if you watch that episode, uh, but they literally use the phrase undulating hills, which I still yeah. don't know what that even means. <laughs> Those are the hills that are behind Toontown, I think, that, that, are, that are coming back that are going to hide the show building. But what makes them undulating? Because they go up and down like bosoms. <laughs> <laughs> and now uh, parents explain that one. To your kids. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, I don't know. But yeah, they did make a big deal of it. They even showed an artist's rendering of what these undulating um, hills are going to look like. Anyway, did they say anything about Roger Rabbit? The Roger Rabbit attraction? I, as far is as I know, the official standpoint still is they're excited to say which, uh, which of our favorite characters will be uh, joining besides Mickey and Minnie and, you know... Donald and Goofy and all of them, and we should stay tuned to hear out which other friends will be in that area. Oh, good. Well, I hope it's Roger, since they Me just, too. you know, they <laughs> just put in a fully closed head to toe. She could be a nun, um, Jessica Rabbit. Uh, yeah, yeah. There. No, uh, <laughs> two of them. They they just debuted yeah. the other one. I think right after you left too. Hmm. So, well, when I was there, she was still in her um her film clothes. In in one of them, 
Yep, yep. And, and she was already out of the car. Yes, yeah, yeah. And then they redid the other one, I think, a couple days after you left, to the, the same way they, I believe, they reopened It's a Small World the day after you left. Yes, yes, <laughs> that was very considerate of it them. It was. So nice so, of them. I know. All right. And then they talked about the Disney Vacation Club Tower at the Disneyland Hotel. And um, Bhavna Mystery of Walt Disney Imagineering said that they want to bring the Disney stories to life in this um, tower. And that's why it, one of the reasons it doesn't resemble, you know, outwardly the facade doesn't resemble the other three of the blue glass kind of thing. Um, they did a pool area rendering, re- rendering the color palette is part of the storytelling. So they said everything is from the perspective of an artist. And they showed the rooms. Um, they're, they're, the inspiration in this one was Sleeping Beauty. The colors are from the film. Everything in the room is part of the story. Art is from the film. And they hope it's where people will be, will inspire people to find their creative spark because it's the spark that creates the magic. I thought the room looked very nice. I thought it was really tastefully done. Yeah. And for, and, and in a way that really matched the, um, the Disneyland hotel, because that one you expect it to be Disney. You expect it to really emphasize characters and have a flair that you don't expect, like from the Grand or the um, Pacific Wharf Hotel. Yeah, I I guess my feelings with it are that you know it's it, it, the first images seen of it, it looked good enough. Will I ever stay in it? Probably not because I'm not DVC and I I just don't foresee ever being in those rooms. But to me, they kind of reminded me a lot of like some of the renderings that they've done for the Disney Wish uh, in mm-hmm. those state rooms. And I, uh, I I I'm not once we see them all, maybe I will have a little bit more enthusiasm. But I also don't want them to be like, yep. This is the formula that we want with all of the rooms moving forward and just roll with that yeah. because like, I feel like it's also one step away from what they did with, uh, with Riviera here at Walt Disney World. And I am, I'm not a fan of those rooms. I know I, I have am not in the minority with it, but yeah. I'm just not. I've not seen those rooms, but I've seen the resort, but not the rooms. But. Anyway, uh, I, I'm hoping. I, I'm hoping. First of all, it takes the heat off the Grand Californian DVC Villas because that's where I own. But I hope I get to stay in over to Disneyland Hotel in, in the DVC Villa at some point. Anyway, what they did say. Speaking of the Grand Californian Villas, they are redoing those as well. Although I don't think they showed any renderings or anything of that. I no, and I thought not. they just redid them. Uh, they redid the regular rooms, so I'm guessing that they'll oh, okay. look similar enough to those, which I think those rooms are beautiful, so it, it shows you how often, as an owner, I get to stay at the Grand Californian, which yeah. is almost never, because um, I, I would have no idea if they redid the rooms or not. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just remembered I always wanted one of the Bambi-themed shower curtains from there. Yeah. Anyway, um, and then they gave away, speaking of the Riviera, they gave away a three-night stay at the Riviera with park tickets. And that's nice. the one that people got excited about, that mm-hmm, you were just mm-hmm. saying. Yeah. Yeah. 
So then they talked about merchandising. And remember that society of explorers and adventurers that I think in a previous show, did we talk about, or maybe it was in my head because I'm thinking of doing a show on SCA that it was a, they made a big deal out of it a couple of months ago or a couple of years ago. And then it just sort of nothing came of it. They, they put little, you know, they made restaurants and they put little hints here and there, like on the Jungle Cruise and other attractions around the world, but they never, like, tied the stories together, you know? Yeah. Well, they said that, um, they said all the Easter eggs and the, they asked, do all the Easter eggs in the parks that they've been adding in, do they connect? And then they said in April, there's going to be a new book about the Society of Explorers and Adventurers. And then there's going to be a new Disney Plus series about it. Yes. And, you know, the series, we'll have to see how long it takes to actually come out and, you know, what's going on with it. But the only thing I'll say in terms of the uh, the book that they uh, pushed is that to me, it, and maybe they said it and I wasn't paying enough attention, but I took a photo of the cover. Uh, it looked like a young adult book. And, that's what I was thinking, too. And I feel like that's completely missing the demographic for the SEA, which is, you know, people, I will say, my age and up who have had the money to be able to travel to the international parks and, you know, see all the different areas that the SEA is in, as well as our domestic parks here, too. So if they're trying to, like, target, target you know, 11, 10, 12-year-olds, I feel like they are missing the mark on this one. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. just my take. No, I absolutely agree with you. Then they said how, then they talked about the power of Disney magic and endless possibilities, and that the cast and crew are at the center of the magic and experience, and they define the Disney experience. And they showed a video of the creation of the model of Walt's statue for Dreamer's Point. And they talked about the new, and, and, and you know how I feel just about that concept. I have no problem with the statue. I have a problem that he's looking out saying, my dream has come true. Uh, That I do not care for. I Um, have a problem with the fact that it looks like he's sitting on a toilet. Like, that's the (laughs) position he's in. I mean, look back at the side angle. Maybe because he's saying this park is full of you know what. And. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my. And you thought my comment about undulating hills was... uh... (laughs) Yeah, okay. One for each of us. (laughs) Okay. They talked about there's going to be a new quick service. It's uh, um, called Connections Next to Creations. They must have, like, bought the market on signs that start with C's. And they now need to use them up. Either that or it was an inside bet with... (laughs) imagineering and such like okay let's draw a letter out of a hat and we have to try to use it as much as possible let's get as mm-hmm. much alliteration in there as we can <laughs> so that's why Walt looks like he's taking a crap is that what you're saying exactly <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay. And then they talked about um, Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewrite. We Rewind is opening in the summer of 2022. It's the first reverse launch. And <laughs> Rob, who is sitting next to me, he, uh, he's my travel partner and a lot of, a lot of the stuff I've gone on. He said, well, that confirms it for me. I'm not going on it. <laughs> And um, and then Glenn Close is going to reprise her role as Nova Prime, and I, and and there was much excitement about that. Uh, was there? Um, well, maybe <laughs> <laughs> when she got her paycheck. Yeah, there nah, was. <laughs> I it's 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 great. I I love Glenn Close. Who doesn't love Glenn Close? Uh, she's also. You know, this this ride will take place in its own special timeline, because uh, if you're caught up with the movies up to this point, she is no longer alive in them. So it's spoiler also, alert, Craig. <laughs> I am sorry. These uh, what uh, Endgame has now been out for two years, three years. It's if you haven't there's, watched it by now, are you going to watch it? <laughs> there's always new fans. Okay. Those those 10 and 11 year olds that that SCA book is you know, you know going towards so. i will i will give you that to an extent <laughs> but i will and i won't take us off the the path on this one too long but i remember when my my parents just moved to florida in the past uh year and i was like okay well this is exciting i want i want you to catch up on like some of the shows and movies you know we can come together and watch have a movie night and mm-hmm. like, i know they haven't watched the mandalorian and i was like i cannot wait until they get to the end of the second season of Mandalorian for the big reveal. And then it was like the next week after that, they were just openly putting it in all the marketing of who it was. And I was like, uh, why would you do that? You didn't, what if people haven't watched it yet? So, um, it, yeah, it's, if Disney's not even able to follow their own, uh, spoiler for five year role, then, then I just made up off the top of my head. I'm not following it either. Yeah. Then, then another thing that has become controversial is um, that they talked about Star Wars Galactic Star Cruisers opening March first, and guests will be the heroes of their own stories, and they will live and feel Star Wars. And then they, he very carefully and gingerly held this lightsaber that much. You know, fanfare had been made of this thing online. And I don't know about you, Craig, because, you know, I'm more of a Star Trek person, even though I like Star Wars, but you're more of a Star Wars person. I wasn't that impressed with that lightsaber. I mean, what do you think? Uh, you know, I was sitting at the, the front row of the halfway portion, and it was cool. It was cool to see. Was but it? at the same time... Uh, it definitely, you, you just said it perfectly. He held it so, so gently. Um, it was as delicate as possible. And then after it had its grand reveal, then it was handed back to the handler, uh, you know, completely still, uh, you know, out of, out of the hilt because. Yeah, he didn't close it. Yeah, because I don't, or retract I it. Doubt that it can actually do that right now, or maybe, maybe it could in, the one they had, they weren't sure, and they didn't want to embarrass themselves, so it was easier to do it that way. But um, it, it it did 
it looked cool, but it was almost like used as a distraction for what was about to come, which was, you know, more details that just weren't. Yeah, and, and then we'll get this. into, and then we'll get into uh, <laughs> what's happened towards the end of um, 2021 <laughs> when they started to release videos. Yeah. Um, post um destination d23 um scott trowbridge from walt disney imagineering um he created galaxy's Edge and and its attractions he said this is a two-day two-night um simulated space cruise on the halcyon and you are a character and a decision and actions you make determine the course of your story and he showed a video of josh doing the lightsaber training and and um it was a lightsaber training pod, and then of him being on the bridge. And again, that lightsaber training pod thing, again, it just seemed like, I don't know, it, it, he wasn't doing a whole lot of movement. No, it was not impressive. In it. It wasn't. No. It was um, both that and the bridge experience, which uh, we we kind of talked about it as a group, our Orlando team. Uh, it it is now starting to become apparent that this is more of a family experience with a lot of a lot of emphasis being put on activities for younger ones and then when it comes to adults it's hey you know we have a really cool we have a cool bar that's going to be on board and there's going to be lots of interesting food and beverage but um doesn't seem like they're necessarily thinking about uh that adults will want to participate and they might not be as uh, engaged with these kind of activities, whereas kids will probably eat them up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, speaking of, of the bar, they talked about the uh, dinner supper club with the biggest space diva star performer. And the question is the mystery that I guess you have to uncover. Why is a big star on this little cruise? Well, you'll find out when you pay $6,000. Um, she'll be on the November, um, 28th Walt Disney, um, holiday special. I guess she was on it, but that was in the future when we were at Destination D23. I've not watched a holiday special as of this recording. I do have it recorded. Um, <laughs> good, good. You, you, since they pulled it off the internet, uh, the, the clip, then you have, you have a, a nice copy of it. That you can go back and watch as the the kid oh, from the that? Goldbergs looks like oh. he's like enamored with her singing. <laughs> oh yes, that that was part of the whole controversy. We'll get into now. The one nice thing was um, they said Make a Wish families will be amongst the first families on the cruise. So I thought that was nice. Yeah, as they should. That be. they're doing that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now then, they gave away a three night vacation for four, including a two night voyage on the cruiser in February before it opens to the public. Now, for those of you who don't recall or maybe missed it, yes, that video came out back in was it November twenty twenty one. Mm-hmm. Or December, yes. uh, November, November. Okay. It was right around Thanksgiving. Uh, yeah, yeah, that young Goldberg man. I do not watch the Goldbergs, but everyone I know who watches it says it's a hilarious show. So I am sure that young man is a wonderful actor. Yeah, and yes. I'm blaming it on direction, on script writers and direction. I am not blaming it 
on this young fellow. I have no idea how old he is. He could be 15 or 24 because he's in that age right now where you can't tell how old a guy is. I'd say right around so, 20. It's a good oh, take. is he? Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe 21. Yeah, wasn't off. Yeah. So, um, uh, it was, this is not something he's going to put on his resume. But, um, the, the critics are saying, and, and I know I watched it and I thought, my first reaction was this, if they had told me I was on a, a Star Trek ship, you know, a, a, a cruiser in the Star Trek universe, I would have believed it because it looked like something that could have been in the Star Trek universe. And I thought that's something wrong because Star Wars and Star Trek should, when I look at it, I should be able to see that Star Trek and that Star Wars. And it didn't jump out at me as being uniquely Star Wars. But this is a cruiser. It's not a battleship. It's not an, a, a TIE fighter or something like that. So maybe that's the reason it looks so... Exactly. You know, shit. think back to episode one of what, you know, they, they rode around in, uh, in terms of like on uh, Queen, Queen Amidala's ship. You know, sleek and and still well done. Um, uh, even in episode eight, when they go to Canto Bite, the casino planet, you know, all the uh, where it's just all these rich people who aren't on either side; they're just doing their own thing. It's it's not it's not out of the realm in terms of how this being part of Star Wars that it can look clean and sleek and and more Star Trek ish, but uh, it's. Again, with a lot of the complaints of people with Galaxy's Edge is that they want to experience the movies that they grew up with. And, uh, it's, and with the hotel, you know, that could have been a way to win them. And again, they, no, 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 it's not a hotel, Craig. It, 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 it at is the end of the day, cruise. if you're sleeping there, it's a hotel. A cruise is nothing it's but a hotel, a hotel on, on water, water. Or space. Yeah. <laughs> But they keep reminding you it is not a hotel. Yeah, it's, it's but, not a hotel. But they, they should the have had. <laughs> they, they should have had in that really not well done initial video. They should have had droids rolling through there. They should have had a Wookie bounding in the background. They should have done a little more to make it look like, ooh, I'm going to meet these. I'm going to interact with these characters from Star Wars. When I'm on this cruiser. At this point, I think the best thing they could do leading up to the actual launch of it and what they should have done from the beginning is they should have just not posted anything, you know, said, you know, you're going to really want to be a part of this and do this and then just hope that the product launched Sells and itself. people were saying, yeah, you absolutely have to do this. You won't believe it. Um, yeah. This would have, even though we would have been sitting here yelling, like, why won't they tell us anything about it? They want that much money and they won't say anything. Uh, it it might have been in their best interest, but we'll we'll find out in a couple months. And having learned from that video, they uh, then released, or it got released to the public, and I think this was in December. I'm not sure anymore. The, the, apparently the video that went out to people that actually booked passage on yes. the Galactic Cruiser. Yes. Correct. The lady who seemed to be holding a 3D hologram, um, 
emitter that, gosh, that sure looked like my iPhone 13. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, they didn't do themselves any favors with that video either. Yeah. That's, I, I mean, to be one of the people who got that, and I'm sure there was a level of excitement with it, but it did not, it did not impress me watching no. it on YouTube. No, no, it was not impressive. I don't know if they've taken that down yet, but um, but I think that got shared amongst people who yeah, that, booked, and it's and it's on different yeah, websites. That's not going anywhere unless yeah, Disney uh, starts putting up copyright takedowns with it. Yeah. Well, I hope that the people that have not canceled their reservations, <laughs> because apparently suddenly um, bookings opened up. Um, after those two videos, uh, I hope that it ends up being a really spectacular time yeah, for too. them. Me so, anyway, I don't know if I don't envision myself ever going on it unless I am invited as a guest. But, but you know, if it were Star Trek, I'd be saving up my money <laughs> for it. So, I understand why a huge Star Wars fan they would be saving up to go on this experience. Yeah. So, okay. And then, oh, then they mentioned Tron Light Cycle. It's coming soon, Craig. <laughs> sure <laughs> it about is. it. <laughs> I mean, it's there. So they're not going to just yeah. stop now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then they talked about Disneyland, uh, the resort. They said downtown Disney, it's launching on a multi-year project. So they said they're closing the AMC Theater. Well, I think they closed it a few years ago. And... um they never yes. reopened it. So Yeah. Well they I mean a lot of the a lot of the smaller things like Earl of Sandwich reopened. Boy, do and, they get the screwing. Yeah, Earl so those sandwich. Yeah, but the whole they are, you know, they're getting rid of the space where the theater is that's taking up so much real estate. And yeah. uh that will be um that will be like the new kind of greener area mm-hmm. and part of the revitalized uh, section and yeah it's I, I i'm glad they left the theater standing there so it wasn't just a construction pit but like they built the new theater down by uh, garden walk so they right. didn't need to reopen it but um i you know this was also like why didn't you give this news when you talked about toontown and the disneyland dvc hotel tower earlier like yeah i don't know it was with this bouncing around yeah but you're right it's going to have an open lawn new shopping and dining i since then the the, there's we've heard that 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 disney is in talks to bring earl of sandwich back into this new area because they realize disney guests really like earl of sandwich so yeah. anyway, I mean it's a it's an affordable price and uh, a decent enough quality product. So I get it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and there's not many um, counter service or quick service um, options in Disneyland's Downtown Disney. So th- no. th- that's one of the things that was nice about Earl of Sandwich. Yeah, they they need they need more of that because you know it's. I, when rideshare prices are expensive, yeah, you want to stay on. But, you know, you can start justifying to yourself, maybe I would rather just take a Lyft or an Uber off property and get food somewhere else. 
So, mm-hmm. well, and and also you need it because when I was staying at the Grand Californian first weekend in December, they said, well, we don't have room service, but you can utilize mobile ordering. Well, the problem is if I wanted to use mobile ordering, like when I came back to the room at like six o'clock, let's say, and I thought, oh, I'll order dinner. Well, I would have had to have done that at about three o'clock because there was no more mobile ordering available or it was like at 8 p.m. or 9 p.m. And I thought, well, I don't want to eat at 9 p.m. So they do need more counter service there for that. So um, anyway, so I ate leftovers <laughs> that I had had from um, Tortilla Joe's <laughs> the night before. That's so good. So, yeah, oh, it was. It was still very good. Some friends took me there. So anyway, so then they talked about, hey, Disney, Alexa's going to be in the resorts and and it's a, a the it's and the Disney Magical Companion it will be in Walt Disney World and the Disneyland Resorts. This is the big giveaway. They are going to give away an Echo um the Echo the Show, Echo Show device, yeah. yeah, to everyone in the room. I don't know what an Echo Show device is or how it's different from other devices and and then and you can get a little mickey stand for it and all that kind of stuff but of course then they said to united states residents only and that ticked off and and that was after they bragged in the morning about how many people from so many countries came to attend destination d23 so my friend rob who bought my ticket because he was able to get in to just to the queue before I could. He's from Canada, which meant that I thought, wait a minute, I may not be getting my Alexa because my, my Echo, because I'm under his name and it's a Canadian address. So we're not sure. So they they say they're going to try to work out something for the international guests. And um, we'll see. But they say it's going to be months before that email goes out. Yeah. Uh, Probably long enough for people to forget about it, even. (laughs) Yes, probably. So what is an Echo Show device? Um, It's basically uh, just the same uh, capabilities of, like, the Amazon uh, Echo, but um, or Alexa, but with a screen. So it's not like I have... I I never went with the Google Home for the smart one, but literally, you know, I, I have Alexa, and l- we literally just basically use her to turn on the lights. <laughs> That's about <laughs> it. So, um, it's if for people who have smart houses, it's a cool thing. But it's one of those one of those gimmicks that I just I. I guess they work for some people and like they're nice if you have it in a kitchen where, you know, you bring up recipes on it and you can oh, that see it nice. in that way. But it's mm-hmm. like for the most part, I think it's just it, it's another piece of technology that that has a lot of promise, but then doesn't get actually a lot of use out of mm. it, but enough that they can keep making them and keep updating them. But uh, like, I, I still don't, I don't see how, how they serve a purpose in the Disney resorts when they're added on, but we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. Well, they don't give out, you know, maps in the rooms anymore or like any information about your resort anymore. 
So um, maybe this is the way now you can get that information. Maybe. So, um, but I, I haven't ha- owned one because it sort of creeps me out that the thing is listening to you. Oh, because they and do. So, yeah. and um, but I thought, well, if I'm going to get one free, I want it. <laughs> you know. So anyway, then they talked about Magic Band Plus. It's a new service with um. with Magic Pass Plus, and it will unlock new interactive experiences. So it's going to debut at the Disneyland uh, Resort in 2022 with Sleeping Beauty. With Sleeping Beauty. I don't know why I wrote that. Sleeping Beauty Castle was on the Magic Band they showed us. Oh, okay. That's it. And the features will vary. Then they showed a video. Uh, so anyway, yeah, so the Magic Band's coming to Disneyland, which people seem to be okay with. Yeah, I mean, at its core, the thing. Magic Band is literally just your park ticket on your wrist or your mm-hmm. world, uh, your whatever they call it in Disneyland. It's been so long I've Magic been there, I don't key. remember. Yeah, Magic key, which now you have to use your phone. Yeah, it's it's that. just that that's on your hand and on your wrist instead. So mm-hmm. really, it's not it's not a it's not a big deal. It was always more about was never about magic bands themselves. It was about uh, the fact that with Walt Disney World that you had to use your magic band along with an app where you're planning out your fast passes so far in advance and just a, an overly complicated system. But yeah. And you can charge things. You have a credit card attached to it, like we do with our, you know, on the app. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you could charge, and and it lets you get into your resort hotel, and all that. That's it, your. It unlocks your door, and all that. So, or your phone can do it all. Yeah. What I want to know is, I have so many Walt Disney World magic bands. I want to know if it'll work <laughs> at Disneyland. Probably not. My guess so, is no. But yeah, we'll see that. Then they showed a video of Walt Disney um, imagining projects around the world. Like they're they're f- developing a full body exoskeleton called Project Exo, and then they brought out one of the Imagineers in one of the skeletons in this exoskeleton. He, he was twelve, I think, was he twelve feet tall? And it takes the weight of the costume off the cast member, so that now they can have. They could have an Incredible Hulk walk around, or I, I don't know. What's 12 feet tall that they could have walking around, Craig? Oh, the one thing, it kind of looks like the uh, the Wampa from uh, from Empire Strikes Back, the big white oh. creature that tries to attack Luke in, on okay. Hoth. Um, Maybe that'll it's... be wandering around the, the cruiser. <laughs> I don't know about that, but I mean, it is it is really really cool technology. I, I will say that, especially from a from you know, I I wanted to be an engineer, so from that background of mine, uh, it's it's very cool. But at the same time, too, uh, will we see anything massive from it? I I don't know. I I really don't. I don't plan on seeing anything from it i mean it's like it's one step further from the exoskeleton on stilts that they built for pandora like they have i was just thinking that that's now permanently parked yeah well no (laughs) no no that one's always been there the performer will only come out randomly with it and uh but it looks the same same as that and you know it's it's cool but that's 
I yeah, I don't I, I just don't I don't foresee a world in which they embrace this fully and we see it in the future. I see it more going the way of um, you know, some of the other past things that have been cool from Imagineering that have gone away, like Lucky the Dinosaur. I was thinking of Lucky Muppet Mobile Labs oh, mm-hmm. and all of that. I think think we see it once maybe used and then never again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's too bad. So but it was very cool to see. Mm-hmm. And then, and then they talked about experiences that are coming back and whilst they're moving forward with new projects. So they talked about the Dapper Dance, Character Dining, Blizzard Beach, um, the Mariachi Divas at Disneyland, uh, which is wonderful. I'm still amazed that they are there when they have won Grammys. You know, they're yeah. wonderful If for folks, if you've never seen them, seek them out. Um, of course, Ratatouille at Epcot. Beauty and the Beast live on stage, the Oogie Boogie Bash at Disneyland, and some of this had already come back. So they were really announcing stuff that was already back. Um, the Fairy Tale Weddings, the Indiana Jones Stunt Spectacular, the Electrical Lights Water Pageant, and later they talked about how they were, I, th- I don't remember what presentation it was in, that they're enhancing it for the 50th anniversary. Winter Summerland Miniature Golf. Um, talked about the Avengers Campus at DCA, which was already open. The Candlelight Processionals, which um, were already underway um, for planning and booking and all that. Pin Trading is coming back. I, I had no idea that was still a thing. Princess Fairy Tale Hall. Uh, they said, of course, Disney Cruise Line is back. Uh, the Lion King Reimagined. Um, the Main Street Electrical Parade at Disneyland. A lot of excitement over that. World of Color in 2022 is coming back to Disney California Adventure. In fact, they've uh, the water is in the lagoon and all that. Um, Fantasmic at Disneyland and Disney Hollywood Studios. There is a rumor that um, Disney Hollywood Studios, or maybe they said it, they that did. they're taking... That they're taking out a segment, replacing it? Yes, that was part of the uh, entertainment panel that happened later on in the day. Later on. Okay, we'll get into that. And then they said parades are returning. Churros, whoopie-doo. And then they had cast members on stage representing a lot of these as they they announced them. They had cast members coming out in costumes or interacting with these and all that. And then they had, uh, that was it for that presentation. Then the next one was Jeffrey Epstein, the co-host of Inside Disney. He introduced Weird Walt Disney World with Becky Klein and um, Dustin, was it Art Poor Arthur? I don't know. He was a formal ju- former Jungle Cruise skipper. This was very visual, um, this one. So in the 1970s, they had the... the the poster had the for for Walt Disney World. The poster had the wrong castle on it. That they, that's still happening today. Yeah. And uh, and and then um, they had the promotional materials. They showed like other versions of the castle. Like remember the toilet paper castle with Stitch, the 25th anniversary castle. They people call it the Pepto Bismol castle or the um, you know when it was all candies and yeah. all that. They had the Eastern Airlines commercial narrated by Orson Welles with a girl lost in a haunted forest. I remember that commercial when it aired. I thought it was a little creepy back then. Mm-hmm. And then um, they showed hang gliding out on the lagoon in the bay there. The, um, fishing on Bay Lake. 
and, and in the background, Mr. Smee was on water skis. I like that one. Then they gave they did a giveaway, a four-hour fishing trips on the Seven Seas Lagoon for five people. So that was nice. And then in the 1980s, they showed Disney's men's costumes with shorts and suits. And apparently that was a Dick Nunes thing. Something that got brought up multiple times. In in his interview. Yeah. Didn't they call those skorts? Um, It wasn't that, but they had a word for it. (laughs) Yeah, they did. Anyway, yeah, he, he talks about how they went to the Bahamas or something or Bermuda. And he got inspired. Um, then they then they had a video of him in his suit jacket with white um, shorts and long white socks. And they, they were dedicating the yacht and beach club. And they had a swimming um, Mickey Mouse, like a scuba diving, snorkeling Mickey Mouse kind of thing. They showed a picture of the famous lawnmower tree over at the Fort Wilderness area. And they said that was there long before Walt Disney World. She finally died. So that was the end of that. And over at Disney Hollywood Studios, they showed some of the um, performers from our memories, like when they had Tom and Jerry. I remember when they had the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mm-hmm. there, because that was my son's favorite. They had those walk-arounds. And then they had the Goosebumps Haunted House. I don't remember ever seeing that. Oh, me neither. Um, there. So they had a clip from the Mike Douglas show, which folks might remember him. He was the singing voice of the Prince and Sleeping Beauty. He had a, a talk show way back in the day. And it <laughs> it was him and Phyllis Diller in the Haunted Mansion. Phyllis Diller was a wacky comedian back in the 60s, 70s, and 80s. And then they, <laughs> I really don't, re- I don't remember this. And I did a whole show on America on Parade on our Disneyland show, I think. And they, in the parade, they showed torture devices. <laughs> they showed them um, pictures of stocks and all that stuff in there. That was funny. They um, showed some early concepts of Figment. He was a little less cuddly, a little more prickly back in the day. They, they showed um, Skeletoscope. Over it in the Epcot Lagoon, it was a tale of good versus evil with um, dragons on boats and kites and things like that. And um, then they showed also like the Splashtacular and the Daredevil Circus that they had also in the lagoon over at Epcot. The Daredevil Circus was, I guess, over by the fountain, I think. Yeah. So... Then they talked about weird holidays. And this is Becky Klein, Graham, Allen, and Charlie Price, whom we've had on the show, because they were the authors of the Disney Park um, holiday book, which was for sale there. So they showed some things like sheep shearing at Disneyland, um, the, a spaceman with the Dickens carolers in Tomorrowland, um, the fearful tower at Disney Hollywood Studios, and photos of decorations around the resort, stuff like that. They had a trivia challenge. I liked how they did these trivia challenges, you know, where it was on Crowd um, crowd Live or something like that. I thought that worked out really well. I did not uh, participate in any of them, mostly because I was working on the in-between segments. Mm-hmm. I am mad, though, that like the one that I was going to play was on the second day. It was uh, the it was the Disney music one. And mm-hmm. 
I at least whoever was in the top leaderboards of it, like the the top three that won, they all had one question that they missed. And that one, I just mentally sitting there and doing it, I got all of them. But Um, it was based on also how fast you clocked in your responses. So if you even if you got all of them, but you waited until the last second to answer, you still wouldn't have won. So you had to be fast and correct. But Mm -hmm. but for that one in particular, I literally I I had every question before you could even, you know, before it even started going. So I, I, I would have won that. But. I think that's the one I did the worst on. On this one, out of 1,123 competitors, I was 157. in it Because I told you your ranking. Yeah. Now, I did better on some of them as we went along. The next presentation was Planes, Trains, and Monorails with Brett Iwin, who is the official voice of Mickey Mouse for 10 years. So... For Walt Disney World, um, they he had um, for Walt Disney Imagineering, there was Spencer Lynn, Stephanie Murray, and Jose Morales, and so um, apparently Brett's family had a backyard locomotive, so he's a steam engineer and a mechanic. Yeah, I never knew and that about him. I didn't know that either. So they talked about master planning at Walt Disney World. Jose was in the Navy, and he got a job at Walt Disney World um, with Imagineering for three years. Stephanie has um, been there for 10 years, and she's into architect planning, design management. She got a job in transportation at WDI. Spencer grew up going to Walt Disney World. He's a huge train fan. And they said Walt was a transportation fan, and moving people – showed uh you know he, he, and, and he was a fan of moving people so they showed a minimum clearance study for um the wedway and um, transportation was at the core of walt disney world and its location and um and the design of epcot it was all transportation was at the core of that in his early sketches walt drew out how to move people around and connect them between areas of the swampy land then he talked a little about the stole port that we've talked about on our, on our previous shows. We we're talking about the development of Epcot, uh, the airport, little airport that was going to be there. And then um, the Ticket and Transportation Center was uh, going to be a multi-modal hub. Um, he wanted to disperse guests. And based on lessons learned for Walt Disney World. So when you got out of your car, you transitioned to a magical version of transportation, which back in the day was the ferry and the monorail. Um, Walt really never had plans for buses um, in his concept for, for Disney World. No. No. The, then at the Magic Kingdom, you're greeted by train locomotives, and those came from Mexico, and they were refurbished to look like 1800s-style um, locomotives with um, with the with the trains down. Engine number one, they said, has been completely rebuilt. Uh, main, then, they, then you have the Main Street vehicles, the omnibus, the trolleys, and back in the day, you had the Skyway transportation it over at epcot you have the friendships animal kingdom you have the rafiki's planet watch train and of course once you had a boat that went around the park mm-hmm. and at disney hollywood studios there was the studio tram tour there now you just have your feet um 
the people mover um, was to celebrate moving people. At Epcot, they had World of Motion and the German train yard for um, their transportation there. And then there are 400 buses, 12 monorails, 40 watercraft, 30 trams, although there's no sight of them at that time. Yeah, (laughs) they're there now. (laughs) 300 Skyliner cabins on property. And it's an integrated process with a a long-term strategy. And they said that the solar fields that they have power two of the four parks, which is pretty impressive. I um, didn't know that. So, um, and then Josh said that they wanted to connect the Riviera Resort to Epcot. And so the, they looked at many options and they said the Skyliner was the best option with links that could be expanded. And they showed an aerial model of, um, traffic flow at the Magic Kingdom. And they said these aerial models help them to plan of, um, you know, how to move people mm-hmm. and maybe where to add transportation and things like that. And that was really fascinating. It was. Yeah. Um, to see. I like that. And then they showed a sizzle reel of the transportation around the resort. And that was pretty much it. Yeah. It was, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, just uh, the, the crowd that was there for Destination D23, I think, was a lot of new people that hadn't been to one before. And so the energy and excitement that was in the room by this point, uh, I think we're like one panel away, one short panel away from the first lunch break. Um, And you could already tell that the energy was starting to shift a little bit because a lot of people didn't realize that this was, this was a lot of history lessons and looks into the company that a lot of people don't find interesting, but some of the bigger Disney nerds, do find very interesting and like like becky's weird disney world that's a it's a good transition but the the transportation one was like you have to really care about transportation (laughs) Mm -hmm. well that takes us on day one craig we're ready to break for lunch and this is probably a good time for us to break (laughs) Mm -hmm. and move on (laughs) and then in our next segment we will continue on with Saturday, November 20th, 2021. There's a lot of stuff to look forward to. They talked about Drawn to Life inside Disney's first collaboration with Cirque du Soleil, which this was helpful because I, you and I had both seen it earlier. Yeah. And um, this helped me understand a little more of what was going on, helped me fill in some of the gaps of the things I couldn't <laughs> figure out on my own. As we talked about back in 2021, you know, some people love Cirque and really get it. And then there are others like me that find the entertainment really fascinating, but really don't have a clue what's going on. Yeah. (laughs) And then um, they get more on the Galactic Star Cruiser. And then we'll talk more about entertainment and um, the art and imagery of um, Walt Disney World, amongst other things. That we'll talk about. And in the evening, in that evening, they have the magical musical world of Encanto, which I think um, a lot of people thought was going to be something different. Yes. They so, did. <laughs> yes. I think everybody in the room did. So we will talk about that in our next episode. It is now time for this week 
in Disney history. Well, Craig, I started out last week, so I think this week I'm going to let you uh, start out and share with us what interesting little tidbit in Disney history caught your fancy. Oh, Michael, I'm really upset that you're making me start just because I I fear with this week, if we were going to choose the same one, this might actually be the one to do it. So uh-huh. I'm, I'm going to ask you questions about yours just to see. Does yours involve a Disney legend? It, it involves several. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I suppose. Does it involve a Disney legend that recently passed away? No, it does not. Okay, then that uh, that works. And I believe mine is uh, on the timetable that we're supposed to do for this week in Disney history. But mine comes from January 17th. And that is a date that a lot of people were talking about on December 31st, because sadly, on that day, that was the day that Betty White passed away. Mm -hmm. And And I almost was going to choose that. And I thought in my heart of hearts, you were going to choose that one. Yeah, it just it felt right (laughs) as soon as I saw it. And I mean, there's a lot of stuff that happened this week, you know, a lot of a lot of openings, uh, um, Rise of the Resistance opening at Galaxy's Edge in Disneyland, uh, a bunch of Epcot stuff opened a mm-hmm. couple years ago. Uh, like just, and that's just, I think, all on January seventeenth. Not even counting like what goes on in the the days to follow. I mean, it's a it, it's a big week, a really big week. But uh, obviously, I feel like you have to mention Betty White on her birthday because. So many of us out there were hoping and cheering that that nothing would go wrong and she'd be able to make it to a hundred, just like all the all of the magazines that were already out from like people were posting Betty White at a hundred and Oh Fathom yeah. Events was selling tickets for yeah. a, a in theater event for her birthday. It's just so it was so sad. I mean and I, I know some people took the route of saying, you know, count count all the leap years and stuff and you'll you'll eventually get to her age of being a hundred with that but at the very least she lived uh, a very long life and a very mm-hmm. good one uh mm-hmm. not just the type of person that it seemed like she was but also for all of her roles that she did throughout the years from obviously the golden girls which was how a big reason on why she got her Disney legend status in 2009, but also the Mary Tyler Moore show, mm-hmm. uh, the the movie that was um, uh, a touchstone movie, The Proposal with uh, Ryan Reynolds and Sandra Bullock, which is I never just saw great. that. But she seemed to have such a great relationship with Ryan Reynolds. That movie, I, I'm not a rom-com guy. I am the first to admit it. And I'm not trying to say that as like Big Tough Craig sitting over here, not like in a rom-com. But it it genuinely is an entertaining one. Uh, it's it's pretty fantastic. And, I'm going to have to watch that. Oh, yeah. No, I, I highly recommend it. But uh, I mean we all know the career that she had. We know how many more uh, movies and TV shows she had appearances in. It, it, she was just a, a pure icon and it was so sad to lose her this year. And, you know, for, for me, it's also been tough this week too, with losing Bob Saget, uh, who felt like a TV dad, but a real dad too, even though my dad was very present, you know, it's, 
my sister and I watch Full House every week, so it did feel like part of our family. So to lose him too, and America's Funniest Videos, uh, it just mm-hmm. it, it's been it's been a tough couple of weeks. But uh, the, well, the best part, been a lot, Sydney Poitier, yes, and yeah. um, I I saw practically all his films. I think growing up. And then, of course, way before probably most listeners' time, um, Dwayne Hickman, The Many Loves of Dobie Gillis, with a a very early um, pre-Gilligan's Island, Bob Denver. Yeah. And all that. So, yeah, it's been a rough time for um, Hollywood. It has. But the nice part is with, you know, the people that we have lost, it's, it's always endearing to see the outpouring that happens with it. You know, there's... I, it, no one I feel like there's not a lot of people out there who would uh, say anything with ill will towards the dead but uh, you know you can see the responses from the friends of the celebrities that have passed and uh, truly they made an impact on on a lot of people so it's sad but it's endearing it's endearing to see and and they'll all be missed sorely there- yeah, oh, absolutely. There's a, you know, now on um, my YouTube my, uh, channel, whatever I, uh, whatever you call it, account, there's all these clips of Betty White popping up. Because, mm-hmm. no, you know, I remember her from when she was on, like, What's My Line and Password when I was little. And even before she was on the Mary Tyler Moore show. And, um, but there's a show that sort of passed me by that I guess she was on in her later years called Hot in Cleveland. Oh, on, uh, yeah, TV Land. That was but, a good which show. I never watched, but it, the, the little clips they're showing, that looks absolutely hilarious. Oh, yeah, it was it was a good show. It was when TV Land was doing a great job at coming up with uh, original programming there for a bit. Uh, it's, it's really entertaining. I don't know if it's available anywhere, but if you have yeah. a chance to watch it, it's, it's, a, it's a good, solid sitcom. Yeah, I want to look it up because there's a lot of people. I'm binge watching Frasier right now. Mm. Just like when I eat lunch, I'll watch an episode because it's like 20 minutes long. And um, there's a lot of people from Frasier that are I noticed are uh, in hot in Cleveland. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's fun. Yeah, so, yeah, a lot anyway. of a lot of crossover with with uh, a lot of uh, females who were. I don't. I, don't, I hate saying. I, I do not want to say past their prime because that's not that's absolutely not it. It's a lot of females who weren't getting fair opportunities because of course they were they were getting older and that's always been a problem. And even though you have shows like Golden Girls and and such that prove that it's a format that works, it just seems like it's something that's avoided and then you have a good one come along and it's like, Why why, why don't we see more of that? So Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Well mine ca- takes place a couple of days after yours, and that's January 19th, but it's 1924. This is the beginning of an era as well. Lillian Bounds, a young young girl mm-hmm. from Idaho, starts started working at the Disney Brothers Studio in Hollywood. And she will work for the studio as an ink and paint girl. She'll be making $15 a week, and Lillian has been recommended by her sister's friend, who's also an employee. And she's taken the job because because it's within walking distance of her older sister Hazel's house, where she's currently living, so it doesn't require her to spend bus fare. So she's a very practical girl. 
Uh, she was given one word of advice by her friend. Um, don't vamp the boss. Well, as we all know, she ended up marrying the boss, Walt Disney. And, uh, and of course, we're talking Lillian Bounds would become Lillian Disney. Um, her sister Hazel would be hired by the Disney Brothers Studio shortly after Lillian. And she would become an animator and the first head of the studio's ink and paint department and the first woman to head any department of any major studio in Hollywood. And, and, uh, and she, uh, Hazel, so Lillian, of course, married Walt. Hazel would eventually marry Bill Cottrell. He was a studio cameraman and we've talked about him many times. He would advance to become Walt's right hand man. He became the first president of Retlaw Enterprises that ultimately became Walt Disney Imagineering. So a monumentous day when that young, young Lillian walked into that studio and got hired on January 19th, 1924. I, I know. We, and the thing is, we can say it about so many things and it would still ring true, but just we probably wouldn't be sitting here. I, I could almost say certainly we, we wouldn't be sitting here if she didn't go to work for him. So I, I, we owe her a lot of thanks. Yeah, because, well, because she, you know, and again, to go back to our earlier episodes, talked about it when they were in secret creating Steamboat, Steamboat Willie, you know, Lillian and Edna, you know, Roy's wife, um, they were in their garage. They were inking and painting the cells from, um, for Steamboat Willie at night after hours so that the, um, so that the studio people who had employees who had been hired away but were still finishing up the last of the Oswald cartoons wouldn't know about the secret project. So Lillian was she was right in there from the beginning rolling up her sleeves. And so she definitely was responsible not just for naming Mickey but for uh you know literally creating him. Yep. And, <laughs> and who knows how many more things that we can credit to her that you know, she was she was with Walt and had had the the uh, the right energy to nudge him in the right direction because mm-hmm. you know we we all know that uh, if if yeah if you're lucky enough to be married then at some point in time the the person you're with is able to manipulate you <laughs> in good ways not not bad ways but able to use their push and uh push you in the right direction when sometimes you're not thinking the right way so who knows how many things we have to thank her for oh absolutely absolutely okay well we both made really good choices i think again this week i agree so. well you know there's a, a couple of things we talked about earlier in this segment that to go backstage we actually recorded (laughs) the uh segment on destination d23 um back in december so there have been some updates to some of the things that we talked about for instance the d23 gold member gift has been announced since we initially recorded that episode and it's you know around the world of disney park so have you seen this yet um you know what what's in it craig i saw it when it first came out i'm pulling it back up though to get reacquainted with it because it's also been a long time 
since they announced mm-hmm. what was in it. So it's yeah. not really fresh in my memory. I remember yeah. there was a pin well, set in like pilot wings, but right, you get a D twenty three Disney Parks passport. That it, there's a, a message from the head of D twenty three, Michael Vargo, and it, apparently it's a, a guide to all of the um, parks around the world all the international parks, you get a Mickey Mouse aviation pin. So, and of course, it's inspired by the classic wing badges that, you know, when you were little and you were flying on a plane, they used to give you these little pilot's wings. I, th- I have a set, one of them, I think, from United Airlines in a drawer I have dealt somewhere. So, and then um, that you get a, a jet-setting luggage tag. I guess it's like a, it's um. I don't know if it's it's a metal tag that has the D twenty C logo and all that on there, and it has um, it has the Gulfstream Company plane um, tail emblem on it. So so that's sort of cool too. And then you get a Disney Parks Around the World pin set that for me will stay in the box. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, maybe someday I'll display them. But it looks cute. It, it does, so. and like I liked it with. Um, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but last year's also like the pin set had a nice display with it. I know, I know, it goes mm-hmm. back to even two years Did. ago, the ten years one. It was it was just all black, so it wasn't fancy. But like this one has the pins in the different location where the parks are on a map. And it's it's extra fancy, so I just wish they did it in frameable sizes, so you could take it and frame it. Yes, that would be nice. So then you could hang it up somewhere. And maybe they so, did that this time around. I'm not I'm not quite sure, but because uh, it, it does look like it's a little bit more normal size for the map. And then I'm looking at the photo of last year's, and the pin set for that was just like uh, two by three rows on a small little card so definitely not not as intricate as as uh, as this year's is but yeah i i have all these great d23 pins from the past couple membership gifts but i don't have a nice way of displaying them like i mm-hmm. i do have a cork board with a bunch of pins on them in front of my desk that is completely filled but I also don't want to just keep adding cork boards <laughs> all over the place well, to that was the that's our problem. Carol made these wonderful shadow boxes years ago where we just, she no. displayed pins beautifully, but I only have so much room for shadow boxes. Yeah. So, um, and I'm not talented but, enough to make them. <laughs> but, and then, and then, of course, we mentioned Bob Chapik not showing up to Destination D23 earlier in the show. Well, of course, what, has been leaked since then is his um, memo about his three strategic pillars moving forward that went out to cast members. So, and I know Craig, it was discussed on the, uh, on our Walt Disney world show this week. So do you, how do you feel being the North star (laughs) for the Disney company? I I don't know about that. I was going to make a joke though, when you were talking about, uh, when you're talking about Lillian with, Steamboat Willie, I was going to say, oh, one of one of the pillars, one of the parts of the pillars, of Bob uh-huh. JPEG's pillars. I held back because I thought it might come up in this this portion of it, though. It's just, I, I've been trying to wrap my head around this all day and all, yes. the day before as well when the news first came out for for us. It just, it's, it's, it's blowing, blowing my mind how just it feels 
tone deaf, but you know, it's it's a tough thing. I I genuinely do believe that someone probably said no one's going to share this. It's fine, but at the same time, how did they how did they not know that it was going to get shared? There is no such oh, thing yeah. as confidential anymore with Disney. Really, I know. I, I mean, it's it has gotten better, but. Just look back to the years of WDWNT announcing all these rumors that ended up coming true. I mean, it's it's not it's not as locked up as Disney thinks it is, and they should they should always be prepared for every bit of information to go out. They should expect like this is going to get shared. What do we need to change that we don't want it in there? See, I think when I first heard about this, I thought they wanted it shared because I think he thinks somehow this is going to do some sort of, I don't know, rehabilitation of his image with the public, with the Disney fans. And I don't, and I think he doesn't realize that it's sort of, it's not being, it's being taken maybe not in the spirit with which it was intended to be taken. Yeah. If, if that would have came on out when the he, last year, what's that? Just based on decisions they've made in the last year or so. Uh, yeah. And that's, yeah. Uh, that's what I was going to say. If this would have came out when he first took over uh, and, you know, he, he took the, took the reins. I think, I think we would have bought into it. A lot more, but to come after what's happened over the past year, plus, it, it's a lot harder to swallow it at that point. It is. It is. Yeah, and for folks that haven't seen it yet, and, and we do have it, there's a link to it on, on our, you know, on, um, is it disunplug.com? Uh, WDW info. Oh, thank you. Yeah, and uh, I never know. We have so many sites. I never know where things are. But, but basically, in a nutshell, his... You know, he said that they, you know, he wants the second um, century to be as successful as the first century of Disney. And so he's setting the stage by for the second century with these these three pillars of success. First one is storytelling excellence, because that was Bob Iger's focus. And now he intends to be engaged in that process. Um Also, the second pillar is innovation, which should leverage the company's franchise ecosystem. So, of course, that means more, um, more IP in the parks and stuff like that. And, and, and again, that's the reference to Steamboat Willie, how they've been the world's foremost innovative storytellers starting with Steamboat Willie. And then the final pillar, here we go. This is the North Star reference. Relentless focus on our audience and placing consumers not guests or fans or anything, consumers as the company's North Star. And that, and to me, that word jumped out that, that we are to them, we are just consumers in that we have wallets and, and pocketbooks and yeah. all of that. And, um, that's how he sees us. It's, and that's, I understand if you're saying that in the middle of a earnings call when you're on the phone with, bankers and and investors that probably have never even been to the parks and don't understand it or don't really know the culture just know how valuable disney can be like i 
because you know if you've ever listened to some of those earnings calls usually when they get around to the questions it's very business oriented first and foremost and not and that's what they're for uh and then every now and then they'll sneak in like the little questions about the parks that are more fan centric uh so i feel like i feel like he thinks it's okay to talk to everyone like he would during an earnings call but yeah you have to remember when you're talking to your cast members you're calling them cast members. You're you're buying into the idea of cast members and guests right away. So it should never be cast members and consumers. That's just weird. It just what? How did no one catch that? Because it's someone in legal saw that. So maybe they need to get a legal person who's also a fan as well too, and have them look over this stuff because it, it's just bonkers that it went out with consumer in it. Yeah. You know, that reminds me of something a friend of mine who's in the entertainment industry pointed out to me. We were talking, this was a while ago, talking about when Bob Chapek did not get the chairman of the board position that he anticipated getting. And, and it went to a woman and this friend pointed out to me, and we, you know, we were talking about the direction that Disney's going in and said, you know, we shouldn't be surprised because there is no one on the Disney Board of Directors in the entertainment industry. They are all in in business-related industries or retail-related industries. And that is how they are making decisions for the direction of the Disney company. Yeah. They're not making it from an entertainment point of view at all. And, and that didn't even dawn on me until that person said that. So, um, that's absolutely right, though. Anyway, and I thought, yeah, absolutely right. And then it, it things just, it was like a, I don't know, a, a, a veil was lifted. And I thought, we, I don't think we can expect anything better in, right now. No, but is what it, things will change. They will. They will. We just, I guess, have to hang in there. Yeah, it, it might get worse. <laughs> Remember it the gets good better. times. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, any anyway, oh, and there was there was an announcement in our local newspaper, the Sacramento Bee, Salt and Straw. You know that ice cream store that's in downtown Disney and all that. It's opening in spring or early summer in Midtown Sacramento. Ooh. So we're going to have one up here. Congratulations! And it, yeah, and it's opening next door to Seas Candies. <laughs> That's dangerous. Whoa. (laughs) Yeah, that is a deadly combination. (laughs) So so I have not enjoyed salt and straw. So if I don't get to do, if I don't have some of their ice creams in downtown Disney, I'll have to go down to a midtown Sacramento. They're they're good. I actually have three in my freezer right now that I'm not sure if they're, uh, if they're good or not. I, uh, one of my aunts was, uh, down visiting her daughter, my cousin in Miami, and there's a couple shops in Miami. And so she brought me up some of the Christmas flavors, but didn't find dry ice to put them on. So they were a little soft when they got to me and I, I refroze them, but I've been, I've been too afraid to try them because I'm like, if they're not perfect, I don't want to be disappointed. And I'll try not to get too disappointed with it. It was just nice enough that she, she brought them for me, but I, I, I think it's, Funny that you you mentioned that with uh, with 
the one that will be your hometown one because the one that's coming to Disney Springs uh, for Salt and Straw, apparently just recently they told one of the newspapers or news channels in Orlando that they were hoping to be like opening up sometime in around March here. So uh, oh, we're, we're both going to get them right around the same time. Yeah. Yeah. Yours will probably be a little closer to you. <laughs> Ours will <laughs> probably be busy. <laughs> Yeah, well, I yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, in the time um, that you have to drive, I think I could get to mine, wait in line, and you know we would probably end up being about equal. And I have no idea where <laughs> yours is actually located. I'm just assuming, you know, there's there's not a lot of great ice cream at Disney Springs, so that's one thing that was sorely mm-hmm. needed, and it's going to blow up because people are going to love it. Yeah, it's a bit of a drive for me, but. Um but I have friends that live in Midtown Sacramento, so um, I'll have to convince them when I visit them. I say, "Hey, let's walk on over to Salt and Straw when it opens." <laughs> so, anyway, and I, I wanted to finally, I wanted to thank everybody who saw my Facebook posting um, last week about my one of my cats, Sly, passed away in his sleep unexpectedly, and I, I appreciate all the condolences. And kind words, and 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 also sorry to people that apparently a number of people had recently lost their pets and um, and all that. So anyway, so I, I I genuinely do appreciate it. It's always hard when you lose lose a cat. And he was a very cuddly, you know, lovable a cat that got into a lot of trouble. But still, <laughs> he was very, very affectionate. Yeah. So I definitely miss him. So, so I just want to thank everybody for their kindness there. So, Craig, until next time, how can our listeners connect with you? As always, you can find me on the random shows I'm on on the Disunplugged Podcast Network. And then you can always find me on social media at Teleclaster on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And then you can always email me, Craig, at WDWinfo.com. What about you, Michael? You can send me messages at Michael at WDWinfo.com. Twitter, I'm at MBowling121. Facebook, I'm Michael Bowling dash the di- connecting with Walt. Instagram, I'm Michael Bowling the Diz. And you can connect with me and Craig on Twitter at Connecting Walt. If you would like to listen to more shows on the history of Walt Disney, his studios, his Imagineers, and Disneyland, check out our Disneyland podcast archives for my Disney history episodes on the link Craig includes in our show notes or at disneyplug.com. Look for past episodes of Connecting with Walt on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, Pandora, and Amazon Podcasts, where you can subscribe to our show and leave some positive reviews and ratings when possible. So thank you for making us a part of your day. And remember, I only hope that we don't lose sight of one thing, that it was all started by a man, Walt Disney, and his brother Roy. Roy.